I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Vine Street Property Podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between, providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Welcome to another episode of the Vine Street Property Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. We have Reese Davis here, who is the CEO of Champions of Mind, which is one of the UK's leading performance coaching, mindset, and motivation brands for entrepreneurs, businesses, and athletes. So, Reese, pleasure to have you on. Thank you, my brother. I really appreciate the interview, mate. No worries, man. So, uh, can you tell us a bit about your background, a bit about your history, and before you started Champions of Mind, what was going on before then? It is a crazy time, brother. I'm 37 now, okay? So I grew up in Coventry um, in a council house um, full of four women. Um, right. I don't know my dad. I've met my dad just a couple of times. And I remember just being brought up with these four women in quite poor circumstances. So I shared a bedroom with four women. We had four bedrooms in a bed room. And in order to get out, we had to jump on others' beds. Right, right. Room. And I just remember life growing up as, you know, Love should be abundant. I got mm. it all the time whenever I wanted it. But I always believed and I was always exposed to how hard money was to make. Yeah. Always living in emergency electric. Always being told to watch how much water to put into the bath. Always mm. being told to turn the lights off after use. Always getting school tokens, school tokens for uniform, going in the wrong uniform because we couldn't afford the right uniform. Yeah. So it was, it was a building block for the man that I wanted to become to be able to steer my family away from that financial uncertainty um, fast forward several years brother um, I played football at a very young age um, yeah. offered a, a quite a lucrative contract by Preston North End at the age of 15 under David Moyes found out my mum had cancer left football retired become very angry and started behaving in a criminal manner and got arrested for almost every single crime you could get arrested for and then for oh my god our best leave Coventry before I end up in prison for life that's what my twin brother was looking at um, at the age of 18 so I joined the military and I joined the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards yeah. so I had a great career in the military you know saw some fantastic things saw some bad things met fantastic friends boxed won everything in, in the army um, infantry championships battalion championships army mm. championships combined service championships boxed from a country travelled the world Won the Welsh ABAs, turned professional, had 10 pro fights, won nine, lost one, drew one, and then accidentally got into a little bit of acting and stuff. Right. Uh, got approached by WWE, got offered a lucrative deal. That didn't go through. And being on 118 adverts and all this stuff, 
And then I thought, what is all this about? And then what I understood was I display a level of motivation, discipline, and consistency that people struggle to achieve. Mm. So whilst I was transitioning through life, I was tapping into people's mindsets and how they can develop and grow in any industry or any market. So what I did was I thought I, I, I wanted to package an offer that could help anyone in any industry get the best out of their, their life. And that's what I did. It was, it was a mentoring program that was 12 weeks, cost 220 quid, and no one would buy it. Right. No, no one would buy it. And I sell the same package today for over six figures. Yeah. Yeah, it just goes to show. But even with that, like with that kind of, you know, that competitive spirit that you have, obviously yeah. that transfers over into the business world. Um, what are those kind of drivers that someone who wants to succeed in business that would they really need? You know, obviously that motivation, determination. What kind of other factors, you know, come into play? It is resilience, bro. It's respecting the fact that business is just tough as fuck. Yeah. And it's sold like it's not. It's sold like residual income's fashionable. And it's sold like property's cool. And coaching's a really good industry, lucrative industry to be in. The fact of the matter is, it's just really challenging. Yeah. Because as the economy shifts and changes and the market changes and more people enter the marketplace, we have to consistently reinvent ourselves. Yeah. And a lot of people lack heart, bro, because they have to consistently be flexible and shift. So I always say resilience, because in order to be understood and respected and paid well, you have to be in the game for long enough. Yeah. And that takes fucking resilience because, you know, it's just challenging all the time. So that's yeah. the first one. The second one, brother, is you know being prepared to go above and beyond your own expectations to achieve success. Mm. So yeah. if I was to say, Joe, in order for me to achieve success, we have to jump off this mountain, but I take you to a bigger one and said, bro, I love we've got to jump off this one instead. Mm. Yeah, it's like a continuum. It's like there's always another level, isn't there? Brother pushing the comfort zone out that little bit more, that little bit more. And eventually, yeah, it's like when you get through the comfort zones, that becomes the, the new norm. And then you have to find the next one, the next step up. Well, we call it, brother, in the coaching context, zones of operation, right? right. So you have comfort, stretch, panic, and then flight. And yeah. what I say to my clients is, if we can maintain a state or an activity in our stretch or panic zone, after two weeks, it drops down a level. Yeah. You understand? And then becomes okay. Yeah, and that's really what I like to promote. But they're the two things. And the final thing that I think people have to massively focus on if they want to be successful, bro, is just understanding that you can't take this business game personally. Mm. You're going to get trod on, right? You're going to get people disrespect you for no reason. You're going to get people love you. You're going to get people hate you. You're going to get people, people say bad things about your back, behind your back. Don't take it personally, because as long as you show up ethically every single day, trying to do and give your best, you know, you can't control people's opinions. Yeah. And yeah, I, see okay. so many people, I see so many people not really embrace their journey, brother, because they're fearful of being judged. Right. Okay. Yeah. And just getting out of that comfort zone again. Um, so yeah, in terms of that, like, so if someone say, if they're say, for example, now someone's working in a corporate job, they always, they have this like vision that they see themselves say in five years time, they want to start their own business, but they just, they have this fear about kind of jumping out of that corporate environment and going off on their own and doing their own thing. What would you say to someone like that who just wants to make that transition? Doesn't know how, maybe it's a fear of uh, uncertainty when it comes to their finances. If they leave their corporate job, you know, their, their money might run out. They might be able to support their family. You know, what would you say to someone in that position? Yeah, they're two completely different beasts. 
you know, I've worked with multimillionaire corporates, multimillionaire entrepreneurs, and they're just two separate worlds, bro. Here's the thing, you know, I strongly advise that you don't leave a corporate job until your side hustle has built an income that supports the same level. Yeah. Otherwise, I just think it's irresponsible. Okay. So that, that's my first rule, or at least has a trajectory of saying that you're going to reach that peak. Yeah. yeah. The second rule is understand there are complete different characteristics needed to be a successful corporate and a successful entrepreneur. So I strongly advise anyone to seek someone and say, what's the good characteristics of someone that operates well in a corporate world versus the characteristics of, um, of someone that operates in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. And they're the ones you have to learn. Mm. These ones. Because you have no structure. You have, to, you have to KPI yourself. You have to time frame yourself. You have to be accountable to yourself. None of that shit that you have to do in the corporate world. Here's the next motherfucking thing. You've got to build your own revenue, bro. You yeah. have to retain your own revenue. What? You wake up in the morning and you're tired. You, gotta, you ain't got to listen to your boss. You've got to listen to your internal dialogue. Yeah. So I say, before you make the transition, understand what you're transitioning. Mm then understand what you need to learn before you make the transition. Is this when you talk about, because I know you touched on it before, regarding the person who's like, he can work and work and he's a workhorse, but there's that, there's that whole side of things. Yes, you can be a workhorse, put in 80 hours a week, but do you have the CEO mindset? Like, is this what you're talking about? The CEO mindset? You have to be your own boss. You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to be responsible. You have to get up on time. You're responsible for, you know, you have to, you have to like crack the whip at yourself. Is that what you're talking about? It's a different beast. Here's the thing, right? Listen, becoming an entrepreneur, bro, is more than fucking registering with companies a house. Yeah. Do you understand, bro? Yeah, yeah. It's more than having a website and saying on Facebook, you're CEO, right? Honest to God, you need to just understand that if you want to grow something, you are in the driving seat. Not the market, not COVID, mm. not your mom, not your wife who's moaning. You, yeah. you get out directly what you put in daily. Now, here's the beautiful thing, Joe. What you put in ain't gonna show up for at least a year. Yeah. But you have to consistently keep putting it in. Mm. Because otherwise the results get less and less and less and you have to be prepared for the delay. Yeah. Like, don't, don't show up with a CEO mindset, giving it loads for three months and think that you'll be a millionaire after a year. It just doesn't work like that. So I say to people, whenever they want to transition and have that CEO mentality, you always have to be at cause. Mm -hmm. yeah, you always have to take responsibility because corporates are at effect. Like, yeah, I'm part of a shit structure. My boss said this, I'm just this, I'm just okay. that. But as an entrepreneur boss, you know, we have to be at cause. You know, we're, we're, we're the reason for everything. And that to me is called, I call it power play. Yeah, excellent. So say someone does take that journey yeah, and they're, they have their own business and they're building a part of the team and mm -hmm. they're so passionate about their cause or so passionate about their vision for the future. How do they kind of instill that vision with people that are working with them to kind of help, help the business along, like, you know, new employees? How do you get kind of everyone on board as part of a team? Methods of communication, brother. Yeah. Now, what I would do is an in-depth character profile on each person. And actually ask each individual, individual what their personal goals are. Or then communicate how assisting the growth of this company can help them with their personal goals. 
Mm. I may even say, do you want promotion in this company? Do you want to leave this company? Are you trying to invest so you can leave this company? This is the vehicle. This is who you need to become. And this is your KPI and how you can achieve it. This will enable you to leave this company. I will look at the individual. Mm. I will chunk down their macro goals and I will then personalize a goal for them. Yeah. I will do that for every single person in the department. Then I'll do a collective goal explaining to them why it's important for me to help them achieve their personal goal because the company's mine. Yeah. The company's my personal goal. You see? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So, so there's no leadership. There's no ownership. There's no boss or CEO. It's collective effort. And it's like a big whole level of group rapport. Hmm. Excellent. No, yeah, no, it does make a huge sense because you do need that. Like, if not, if everyone's not on board, well, then you know, there's leaks in the ship, then isn't there? And everyone yeah. kind of has to be on board and focus on the on the same vision and that. Um, in terms of your coaching and all that, like with different clients, obviously from all different backgrounds, you work with uh, multi-millionaires and uh, big corporates and entrepreneurs. You know, what's the, is there any kind of common trait that you see people struggling with when uh, they're trying to push on to this next level? Is there any kind of commonality or is it all individual? It's person by person. Everyone has a different thing. No. So it's massively not respecting how long it takes. Yeah. This really pisses me off, Joe, right? Because people look at my Lamborghinis and my Bentleys and all my, all my stuff that I have and they go, wow. But these motherfuckers weren't saying wow when I was uploading videos on a mattress. Yeah. Years ago, bro. Because that's what I was doing, right? But here's the thing, Joe. Ten years previous to that, I was showing up every day penniless broke. I was doing live feeds, adding value on social media from community service. Yeah. Right? And people are attracted to what successful people have. And they think, if I stick to this for six months to a year, I'll get that. And I say to people, one of the things that I say, part of my saying is, this journey is fucking horrible. Yeah. It's challenging as fuck. Because otherwise, every successful entrepreneur you see on Facebook would be dripping in success. And they're not. Because they're not successful yet. Because this is how hard it is. So I say to people, however long you think it takes, just forget about the number. And just make a decision to commit for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I guess it's just like trusting the process itself, isn't it? Just doing the day-to-day -day things, the monotonous things that take time, take effort, and not expecting the reward straight away. I'm actually going to get that tattooed on me. Trust the process. Like that's how much I believe in it. Cause my life's been such a fucking roller coaster, Joe, but I've trusted in it. Even when it was dog shit, I was like, ah, well, what, what, like eating super noodles, bro. And tuna like for months, it's my process. And it's an, it's a nice escapism frame that enables you to say, no, I can embrace this mm. you, rather than resent it and resist, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suppose it's that kind of like the long-term vision. Obviously you have it like you're playing the long game and it's putting away, I suppose, gratification, instant gratification and just putting in the hours and not expecting them results straight away. Um, and they aren't going to happen. And like you, you touched on consistency as well. Is there any methods to consistency that you kind of give clients that you would say like, to keep themselves accountable or is it just they need it within themselves to keep pushing forward? Okay, so here's the thing. If we rely on an external influence to act as a motivator or source of motivation, it means that we rely on them. So mm. what we're doing is placed all of our goals and ambition in someone else's hands. Mm. It's the same as um, listening to um, a cassette or a CD player. One of my first ever tattoos is a big tribal tattoo that I've got down my arm. And I was in Gibraltar um, with the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards. And I was petrified because I hate needles. I've lied down on the bed and I'm like, lads, look what I've brought. And I pulled out a CD player. Yeah. So I put the Walkman in and I played this CD and I was listening to some Speed Garage, pumped up, couldn't feel yeah. for cool, 
listen to this. The battery's died. Oh. <laughs> Halfway through, right? I've lost all my energy. I'm like, ah! I almost passed out. I come to a realization, Joe. I never could rely on some shit that can cut out on me for motivation again. Because that was fucking excruciating. And I transferred that to every area of my life. Self-sufficient, self-efficient. Mm. So I say to people, work on your internal dialogue and your belief system. Yeah. Rather than relying on external sources. Yeah. Is there, any, is there any way that people would work for that internal stuff? Is this kind of like, you know, the positive affirmations? Is it like a morning routine, the gym? You know, no, all these different not, things to build themselves up. Yeah. Okay. So I don't believe in positive affirmations. I'm yeah. a massive believer in state changing cardio. So the first thing that I believe anyone should do when they get up is have a shot of apple cider vinegar in some nice water, yeah. room temperature water, a squeeze of um, pure lemon, and then go out for a nice 30 minute walk or jog. Get the endorphins into your body. What it does then, brother, with the endorphins, it enables you to see life from a different perspective because you're feeling happier. Yeah. Okay? So it puts you at cause or in cause. I then say to people, once you've got past that morning stage, go back and write your list for the day. Whilst you're in a productive state, what is it you're going to achieve? What's your, what's your objective? What's your key performance indicators? Are they financial? Are they emotional? Are they physical? Does that make sense, bro? 100%, yeah. And definitely, like, because I start off my days, if I can, with a bit of exercise as well. And it really does set you up right for the day. You know, you come into the day with more energy instead of, say, rolling out of bed in the last minute and then just cracking into the work because you're still half groggy and all that. If you're going and you do the bit of exercise beforehand, it definitely sets you up for the day 100%. It does, bro. And just to quickly tap into that, um, what you just said about affirmations, what I prefer to teach people is how to reframe stuff. So, what I'm not a big fan of people standing in front of the mirror, fat as fuck, with no clothes on, saying, I am slim, I am slim, I am slim, I am slim. No, you're not, you're fat. Right, you're fat. So I say, how about we say, I am fat, but whilst being fat, I'm also so confident in how I'm going to lose the weight. Yeah. So yeah. that way, we've got the truth backed with a positive reframe, rather than just talking shit in a mirror. Mm. Yeah. Did you see what I'm saying? So it's truthful, but backed with substance that acts as a driver. Yeah. And talk, touching on that, like, when you're speaking about the truth and all that, like, I know you talked about different types of values and someone can like add value to your life by paying you a compliment on social media, like whatever nice car or, you know, something I like what you're doing. But then you were saying that you like the other type of value when someone kind of critiques a little bit where you mightn't immediately like it, but it might be a truth, but you mightn't immediately like it in the moment, but it would help you improve in the long run. Yeah. And the thing is this, it falls back to one of my values brother when we first started the course don't take things personally you know one of the presuppositions of an nlp is there is no failure only feedback yeah i love the i love this presupposition because it makes us assume that everything's positive in our direction it's beautiful right so here's the thing someone says reach your shit like thank you so much for that feedback but what's the purpose of it because what this enables me to do is it enables me to look at things positively all the fucking time. Yeah. And that's what people always forget when building a business, when going entrepreneurship and moving forward, they always forget to have fun and take things positively. And it's a shame. I see so many people fall short because of it, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be kind of one of the main drivers that you see, like, what would be one of the main drivers that you see, you know, um, within entrepreneurs? Like, what, like, does everyone have their own individual drivers or do you think it's, you know, is there anything, really that kind of gets people going yeah can i be really honest with you this is no word of a lie 
I sat, like, I've just cancelled 70% of my clients, right? I had 51. I was too tired, right? Yeah. So we, we organised some things. And what I've done is I've gone over my notes over the last four weeks. Mm. And I give everyone a question and everyone fills it out. And one of the questions is, you know, what's inspired you to, to go on this path? Mm. And 75% of the feedback was, oh, everyone else is doing it. Seems like a good idea. Right. So you find people have this sheeple mentality. So they jump on someone else's bandwagon, they go a quarter of a mile and they say, that shit, I'm getting off. What they then do, Joe, is then go and tell their whole network is that shit, it don't get work. And then that gets a reputation. And this dickhead then goes and does it to five other things. Right. And that's typically the, the level of entrepreneur that comes to me that like, I've, I've failed five times recently in these five industries show me how you make this person six figures that you've documented. Right. And part of it is that one of the first things that I say is, well, everything that you've done to this point has to get put in the bin and you have to learn from scratch. Just that makes sense, bro. Yeah. It's getting the foundations right, I suppose. And like I said, like touching back on that whole CEO mentality, like you said, um, yeah, it's fair enough. You could see someone being very successful online and you'd be like, Oh yeah, I want a piece of that. But if they don't have that mentality, it's, it's not going to happen, is it? Like, they need to have all of the background stuff. Because social media, it's a highlight reel, isn't it? It's showing the best of the best. But like you said, you've gone through 10 years of all this background stuff where it took you to that point to become an overnight success, inverted commas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting, bro. It's like, when I come off social media, I've only just come back on. I've only been on a week. I've took six weeks off. Right. It was beautiful. Because I'm not reading people's lies. I'm not trying to be influenced by marketing and sales. I'm not looking at my cars. Yeah. It was really nice to be in touch with fucking reality. But when you jump back on, there's such a divide between real life shit and the shit that we consume on this screen. Mm. And I'm like, wow, so many people try and live up to the expectation of online shit rather than trying to build respect and leverage the fact that reality is completely different. And when you, when you respect the worlds are too different, you stop trying to impress people. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you stop trying to impress your peers. You stop trying to impress the marketplace. And you do what I do, bro. And no doubt you do. You know, you just show up as yourself. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, you know, we all suppose have our own kind of uh, ways of going about things and all that. But, you know, it is like, it is what it is. Like, you know yourself about the markets. It's, it's more of a people thing now, isn't it? Like the days of advertising as like a big corporate, you know, people want to see the personality behind the brand, don't they? One trillion percent, unfortunately, there's some people that don't teach people how to, to communicate personality through brands. So th there's a massive discrepancy or a misunderstanding that people think that a logo is a brand. It's not. You know, a cover art's a brand. It's not. An infographic's a brand. It's not. A brand is a representation of what you communicate towards a marketplace. Yeah. And that takes pitch, tone, frequency, tonality. You, we all know 55% of communication is nonverbal. So we actually need a physical entity to communicate for us. Yeah. Yeah. No one coaches this, bro, because it's too busy selling web pages and shit. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> what drives you? What drives you personally? Man. Oh, it's such a hard question, bro, because I like to think that I'm working towards living my best life. And what that looks like is a, a multimillionaire um, retired by the age of 45. Yeah. I'm on that path already, but it just means that I've got investments, which I already have, but growing my portfolios. And just being able to look at my family, knowing that their kids and their kids and their kids are going to be safe. Yeah. And 
And another massive, massive, massive integral part of my success is my mum. You know, she's massively ill. I'm a full-time carer. She's beat cancer three times. She got COPD now, type four kidney failure. She got osteoporosis. She got one eye. She can't really walk. She's always fucking happy, bro. And I'm like, you are the toughest woman that I've ever come into contact with on this earth. Like, if I can't crack this, and you're and you're beating all these fucking dreadful illnesses, then I need to do it. So she's a massive driver for me, bro. Excellent, man. Excellent. Um, like, what keeps you switched on? Because you always seem switched on, like full of energy. Like, what is that? You know what it is, bro, man. Listen, some motherfuckers could call it ADHD, bipolar. I have genuine bouts of mania, and then I feel a little bit low and sad, right? But here's the thing. The way I operate on a daily basis outworks everyone because I've developed a level of frequency that I believe is more productive than everybody. Mm. Even on a down day, I can show up stronger than everyone else. Yeah. Right? So here's the thing. I have a real cool, transparent understanding, Joe, on what it actually takes to win. And if you don't show up and genuinely pump your soul into what it is you're doing, there's no way you're going to win. Yeah. I remember Elon Musk was saying something like that before. He was talking about when he was first setting up his companies and all that. He would work 100 hours a week. He would sleep in his office. He used to have his missus come around to the office at the time and everything like that. Who said that? Elon Musk. When he oh, did he, bro? Yeah. And he's like, any new startup, like, you have to put in the hours. You know, it needs a, that attention and everything like that. But, yeah, obviously, like, it's the work ethic. Like, you clearly have a massive work ethic. And because you've been doing it for so long, it's probably, like, second nature. It's just, like, another day in, in the life. Yeah, and these swings and roundabouts, because here's the thing, I don't really have to work hard now. I'm going to be very transparent. Like, I'm cool, bro. Like, I don't have to know. I'm, I'm done. Like, I ain't got to work too hard. But I'll go like this then to my fiance. Yeah, I'll say, baby, let's book a few holidays. Let's take a few months out. I'll do it, but then I get into an emotional space that I don't enjoy. Okay. So anxiety starts creeping in. Mm. And my mind starts going to a place that's not productive. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm getting average. I need to work again. It keeps me, you get me? It keeps me firing. So then I'm like, okay, then. So I says, look, Lorraine, I tried again to try and live that semi-retired bullshit life. It ain't for me yet. Let's go back to work. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, and I heard as well, like I've listened to a few podcasts about it and people who say like, oh yeah, I live the dream. I retire at this age. But then when it comes to it, yeah, they'll go off on a holiday. But they're like, right, I need to start doing something again. You know, got to keep that. Well, because I did, I'll, I'll, listen, I'll share this on your podcast, mate. The first time I made, you know, a hundred grand, I was like, wow, I'm a six-figure earner. I thought it was a big deal, bro. I, I took a liking to whiskeys and cigars because it's a new lifestyle. And what no one was knowing was I was making so much money. My biggest payday was 300 grand in a day, profit, okay? What no one was seeing was my whole life become a celebration. Mm -hmm. Every day I used to drink a bottle of whiskey. Right. have a cigar and there's no one out there teaching you please understand that when you start coining in and when you start making money these are the fucking areas that you have to be careful in because i almost drank myself into a fucking fun um, um, a health dilemma i had lung scans liver scans uh, blood tests phlegm tests all because my lifestyle changed so quickly yeah and I really wanted to share that on your podcast because, listen, you can ask for and pray for as much as you want, but you have to be able to manage not only that, but your emotions aligned with it so you don't waste what you've built. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Do you know what 
you know what I mean, bro? And no one says that. No, exactly. Like, I mean, that's one of the things where people can't really foresee these type of things, can they? You know, until then, when you're when you're in it, then it's happening, and then it's another thing you have to deal with. But yeah, thanks for sharing that because I'm sure, like, I haven't heard it before. Like, obviously, you know, when you get to that level, it is good to hear it. Like, you know, you have to be prepared in your own mind. It really is a pleasure. Now, another thing that I'd really like to tap into very quickly, I know it's your podcast, but it, it's, you know, understanding, you know, the, the more successful you are, the more money you have to pay out. Yeah. So don't be, don't be pushing into the universe that you want to become a millionaire if you're not prepare, prepared to pay six-figure taxes all the time. Yeah. And that's one thing that I didn't get. It's like, oh, shit, my first six-figure tax bill or my first, my first VAT bill. I'm like, Wow. Like it's all being taken away from me again. So I have to build it again. Where's my resilience? I need to increase it again. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Does it, do you know what I mean, bro? I know. It's never ending. And that, that's just, you know, being part of that cycle. If you can't embrace it, don't, don't be in it. Mm. Yeah, it's part of it, right? But I mean, to be paying six-figure tax bills must mean that you're at some level of success before that anyway. So... But yeah, it is getting yeah. the mindset around it and everything like that. Easy. Yeah, and one thing that I say to people, man, like I say, please understand that you're not going to get rewarded based on your current intentions. Before you get rewarded on your current intentions, life's going to reward you on what you've done for the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and then they go like this, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ah, you, you see? So like, I'm saying to people now, what do you have to do? Who do you have to become? to undo that 20 years of living like a shit house. Mm, I like that. Like, who do you have to become? It's like, you have to like really dig into like, what does that person look like that I want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, at the end of my life when I'm 80, 90, you know, what does that person look like? And then I suppose it's bringing it down back into the daily actions, isn't it? Then like to actually, you know, take the actions of that person of what that person would actually look like, you know, and doing it consistently. <laughs> One trillion percent. If I was to get all NLP on you, we can talk about the submodalities of that person. So what do they look like? What's the color of the skin? What do they wear? How do they dress? How do they walk? What can you see? What can you smell? And we can make it become your reality. We can call this visualization, bro. Yeah. This is detailed fucking psychological vision, um, visualization. Now, here's the thing. If you think about it for long enough, you become it. Mm you think about it long enough, you actually start believing you're that person. And it's just a beautiful way to move towards your goal rather than away from your past. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's living in the, in the now and then for also the future as well. And like what you talked about there, I suppose, yeah, pushing it out like for the visualization and things like that and just getting involved in it. Like different opportunities kind of present themselves as well. So it's like if you're, if you're focused on a new Lambo, you're going to see Lambos around. You're going to see it like on wherever you are. Like, or if you buy a new car, or whatever you want to see that car everywhere do you know it's because what it is do you know what it is joe we call it a reticular activation system yeah so of to get a little bit geeky and then up in you okay you're going to build a pathway between something that you've bought and you like and what happens is all of a sudden you think the universe has just put loads of them in on the road and stuff you go oh fuck, everyone's got like a, everyone had it but now you've activated so you can see it. it's called a reticular activation system okay yeah Excellent. No, that sounds brilliant, right? Like, I mean, um, who talked about that? I think it was Mel Robbins. I think she talked about it before as well. Um, she? Yeah, she mentioned it, right? The reticular. And um, how kind of like your visualization will actually kind of help you with uh, your future goals. It's like if I was talking about property now, or if I was like listening to like property stuff, I could be, you know, walking down the street or I could be outside a cafe and I hear someone mention houses and automatically yeah. my ears start perking up, you know? And yeah, so yeah, of course. 
it's, it's all it's good it's good but yeah it was, it was always there it's just never noticed it before yeah you become sensitive to what you're passionate about bro and once you have something it makes you aware that there's a lot more of it and that's beautiful because it becomes a new norm and then because you loved it so much you're so passionate about it but now it's new to not the new norm you're naturally inclined to think okay what's next mm. yeah and, and then you get it and then you're like oh shit everyone's on this or everyone's got it like, this is so spectacular and then you go if you like me what's next you know so you know i went and bought that bentley didn't i mm. I went and got the Bentley and my friends was like, Reese, there's not much more room on the drive. And I woke up four weeks later. I said, babe, I'm off. She's like, where are you going? She said, I'll be back in a bit. She said, where are you going? I said, not telling you. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm coming back in a Lamborghini. <laughs> nice. I went and fucking bought it. Yeah, decent. Leveling up. Impulsive, bro. Yeah. And one, one thing that I will say to you, Joe, is how, how old are you now? 29. Oh, fantastic. And what's your goals and vision, bro? My vision and goals for the future, right? Like yourself, be the best best version of myself. Um, yeah. Hopefully have a, a big enough portfolio that'll, again, help myself, but my family and all that and have that residual income. But um, yeah, long-term vision is simply just to be the best version of myself. Well done, brother. Well done. Well, but one thing that I love about, you know, people like yourself reaching out to me, I just respect and admire anyone that has the courage to just try and fucking do the best. Because I have so many or I watch and I have witnessed so many people throughout my life just literally underachieve. And you know, because I've witnessed my mom like avoid death for the last 20 years, she's always been to me a beautiful reminder why we have to really try our hardest to be the best. Yeah. Because before you know it fam, you're walking around or you can't walk and you can't breathe and you're in pain all day, every day. And all you can remember is that small window where you were healthy. Yeah. And you fucking were lazy. Mm. And then it's like all the what ifs and the pain of looking back. You saying, bro? It's like the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Which one do you choose? You know, the little bit of discipline of the day or the pain of regret down the road when you're looking back thinking about all the what ifs. What if I did this? What if I did that? What if I didn't do this? What if I, you know, X, Y, and Z? You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's too much. And, you know, I would just like to encourage people to, to have this fuck it mentality. Just go all in towards whatever you want. Like whatever, you don't have to be fashionable. People don't have to like it and just be unapologetically you. Yeah. You know, embrace all change, embrace all pivots and you, you catastrophically, you, 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 you will have this huge fucking awakening that anything's possible. And it's like all these people that you aspire to be like, they were just like me one day. And everything all of a sudden starts changing and going in your favor. But without that internal belief, I genuinely think people will struggle because their intentions are not matched to their behaviors. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But um, that was brilliant. Yeah, I think that was, I think we'll wind it up there. Uh, we're just going a bit over time. But no, Reese, it was absolutely a pleasure to have you on. Hopefully, we'll catch up again soon. Um, yeah. The listeners will definitely get a lot of value out of this. Absolute pleasure again. So um, thank you very much for coming on and hopefully, we'll catch up again soon. Thank you for the great opportunity, mate, and keep doing the fantastic work, okay? Excellent. You too. Take care. Really, really appreciate it, brother. Peace out. Later. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a brilliant podcast with Reese sharing his experience through resilience and pushing forward and being the best versions of yourself. So if you want to reach out and find a bit more about Reese and what he does, check out championsofmind.com. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on YouTube. And if you want to get in direct contact message, 
management at championsofmind.com. Until next time, this has been Joe McCarthy from the Vine Street Property Podcast. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.